Okay, okay, okay. Welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these subjects for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Remarketing Podcast has two purposes. Purpose number one, Mark M. Ray, I'm going to call you, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market ex- market exposure and content creation. Purpose number two, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Awesome. So today we have the famous M. Ray Pantech. M. Ray has used creative finance strategies to close over 300 real estate transactions, including houses, notes, and apartments. He uses his expertise to coach others to bring him these deals as he negotiates and structures creative solutions to meet the seller's needs. Thousands of new investors have learned from his teaching, group mentoring, and online courses. His model is learn to get your first deal by teaming up with an experienced buyer or learn by doing. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerome. I appreciate you having me as your guest today. You are very welcome. So, Mark, you do a lot of things and you have a lot of experience. We're going to today, right, because we're going to have you, uh, we're going to bring you back. Today, we're going to focus on specifically networking and how real estate entrepreneurs can utilize and leverage networking to get themselves into deals, mentorship, coaching, whatever, you name it. Deal? Yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So before we get started, I have a list of questions for you, but I would like you to tell us about yourself in your own words really quickly. Yeah, a little bit about my background. I first got involved in real estate investing actually back in 1980, but I was very shy and introverted. And so I had a difficult time actually for the first two years. I just mostly was, again, basic seminar junkie, went to seminars, nervous, anxious. uh, You know, just I didn't know enough is the common I hear a lot of introverts say. So what I finally learned is about Toastmasters and how to communicate, get out of my shell. And then from there, I learned some things about networking and building your network of relationships, which I found to be essential in every aspect of my career. But I failed miserably at, at real estate at first, and I ended up, my first business was actually as a business coach, business and sales coach. And in business and sales coaching, what I found is I had real estate agents as clients, as well as entrepreneurs. And what I found is a lot of people just were not getting enough business or ideal clients. So that's what I focused on, is how to help people get your ideal clients specifically through referrals and, and through networking for referrals. And so I had my clients double, triple their business and uh, have phenomenal results. And then I had this money now because I'm making six figures and I figure I need to learn, get back into real estate. So I sort of transitioned from coaching back into real estate and then I was helping people and I transitioned into real estate coaching sort of by accident because I was being successful and people said, hey, would you teach me what you do? Thank, thank you for that, Mark. And you were one of my very first coaches, right? Mentors and just being an entrepreneur. And one of the things that you drove home to me is the importance of networking. And I, I always tell you, you know, we don't always agree with everything, but I always tell you, I attribute a lot of what I've accomplished to you and you encouraging me and pushing me to get out there and mentor. So again, for our audience, this uh, this podcast will be, we will talk about the importance of networking. Uh, first question I'm going to start off with for Mark is, what is a common myth about networking that you often hear? 
Well, so often, you know, people say, sure, I tried networking and it didn't work. And I'll ask them, well, t tell me, what did you do? Well, I went to this networking event that was like a chamber of commerce or a real estate meeting or whatever kind of meeting with their other people. And I went to get people's business cards to sell them. I go, no, 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 you don't understand networking at all. So that's a common misconception is that networking is going to some event and gathering other people's cards to sell them. No, it's about building relationships with them. So for example, if I, I met Jerome here at a meeting in Philadelphia, I might say, hey, Jerome, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do? And who is an ideal client for you and why? So it's all about focusing on the other person and how you begin to build a relationship. And as you build a relationship, here's the interesting thing. As I focus on helping Jerome and networking with Jerome, Jerome quite often will come back and say, well, thank you so much for that. Who is an ideal client or prospect for you? And then you want to be clear who's ideal for you so you can be prepared to answer that question. And, and when I first started coaching, I, I came up with the thought that, hmm, women are better networkers than men quite often, and they talk a lot to each other. So I said, you know what? My ideal client is going to be a, a woman, business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional who is in her 30s or 40s and who is divorced and who's got a child because mama bear is going to be very motivated to take care of those children. And so that was my focus in my first group of 12 people. I had 11 women that were business women entrepreneurs that fit that profile, most of whom had all been referred to me because I was clear about who exactly I was looking for as my ideal client. Thank you. And I, I want to hone in a little bit on that specificity, right? Because, and I just started to learn the importance of this myself, like the more specific you are, the, the, the better your marketing will be, the better you'll be able to deliver a message. So I posed a question to you. What do you have to say to people that are like, you shouldn't be that specific? Like, and let me let me ask it in a different way. Is it better to be specific or is it better to be broad in your experience? Yeah, that that's a great question. And and so common where I would be at some event speaking and that kind of question would come from one of the, somebody in the audience. And I'd say, well, tell me, how are you doing? Well, that's why I'm here. I'm I'm struggling. And I say, well, who is an ideal client or customer for you? Well, everyone, everyone needs what I have. <laughs> well, sorry, but that's not true. And that's part of the reason why you're struggling. The truth is there's a very specific person who has a very specific need. And the more specific you are about who that person is and what their needs are, the more you can go in and say, and, I, and I'll get into more some examples of networking, how you communicate this most effectively. But yeah, being specific will get you 10 times more better results faster. Thank you. And could you, since, since you answered that question, could you go into more details and give some examples on how that's relevant to networking? Sure, absolutely. Well, a common uh, mistake or misconception is that, uh, you know, you go and, you, and you're networking, you're asking for referrals or you're asking for help and you say, well, who do you know who needs to buy a house? Well, if you say, who do you know? The first thing the mind does is nobody. <laughs> I, I, I feel depression. And so what happens is the person will often say, sorry, I, I can't think of anybody right now. I, I'm, you know, but I'll, I'll let you know if I come up with anybody. That's a common experience. And people say, well, I tried asking for referrals. It didn't work. Well, I'd say, did you have any training? What do you mean training? What training? <laughs> so I say, have you had any training on referrals, networking, things like that? Well, no. Well, how about this? How about if you say, who do you know who's newly married and or is starting a family 
and has a new baby that might be looking to expand and get a new home. Oh yeah, well, so-and-so just got married or so-and-so's got a new baby. Who do you know that just got a promotion and uh, you know, one of your friends and family and told you and they're probably looking to move up or who had an additional child and they're now need a bigger house. Or who do you know that's now an empty nester but the children, the last one graduated, we had all these graduations this spring and now they might be looking to downsize. Or, you know, and so the more you can get with a specific, who do you know who? Because when you say, who do you know who, and you're specific in that way, what that does is it now opens the vault in the mind of, oh, it's like, you know, looking for a red car. If you say, you know, I'm looking for a red sports car, red Miata convertible. Oh, now that gives me a picture in my mind to help you much more quickly. Now I got some other examples of that specifically too. Okay. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I would like to pose the next question. What is in your career, what's the most important lesson that you've learned about networking? Well, the thing about networking that I didn't understand is that whenever, you know, so many people are starting a new business, starting a new career, starting a real estate agent or investor, and they're scared, quite frankly. And the number one thing I tell everybody is the place to start is let's look at your existing network. And so if you've got a small network, it's going to be a lot harder than if you got a large network. I talk, I talk to most people and I say, how many people are in your network? I've had people tell me, oh, I don't know, three to five people. <laughs> I'm like, you know a lot more than three to five people. I've got other people that say three to 500. And I say, great. Out of those three to 500 people, there's somebody who knows somebody. And, and a perfect example of this uh, was I went and I had an invitation to speak at a networking group and there was a, um, a financial services guy that was there. And he said, well, it's mostly, you know, mom and pop, mostly women with small businesses, and it's not very productive. I said, that's interesting. I'm going to show you a few things. So I came and spoke to this small group. It was in Flower Mound, Texas. And it happened to be Flower Mound. The, the two, you know, two earners, husband and wife, both work where they got the kids and all that. And mm -hmm. so the, the combined income of that husband and wife at that time, a few years back, was over $200,000 a year combined income. And the home they were in at that time was two fifty dollars up. And then I said to that audience, looking all the way around the room, how many of you, that's an ideal customer for you? And everybody's like, well, yeah. How many of you in this community here, very focused, have that customer right now? Well, everybody does. And how many have 100 or more? So there are all these small business owners that were not networking with each other with their existing clientele. And I said, well, for example, if I go and I know that, um, you know, a drone here, was in the carpet cleaning business and I know all these are homeowners and I go and I make a recommendation on my letterhead of Jerome and his business with a testimonial, you think some of my customers might be more inclined to contact Jerome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a simple way. But, and again, there were like 15 people in that room and each of them had a hundred customers. That's not, not just one. That's just not 15 people. That's 1500 potential people. And out of that, I can assure you there's a business to be had for every one of them. Awesome. So if you could sum that up in one sentence for us, what would that sentence be? Well, leverage your people in your network that you have a relationship, leverage their network of customers. Awesome. Thank you. So, and th this is a real estate podcast. Most of us that right. come through, we have some involvement in real estate some way or another. So I would like to deviate and uh, just a little bit, Mark, and I want to ask you and your opinion, because you're big on mindset, right? You help me understand the importance of mindset. Absolutely. Right? 
in your opinion, what's the most important per mindset or personality trait that somebody needs to be successful in this business? Well, I would say being coachable and open-minded really helps. So often what happens is you have somebody who's introducing them to a new idea or a new concept, and it's a conflict with their self-image. And what gets triggered is fear. I was just talking to a lady earlier today who's done beautiful work. She's a bookkeeper, but she does beautiful design work, like in, like you know, landscaping and both inside her home and outside. And I said, well, this was beautiful. You should do this. Don't you love this? She said, well, yes, but uh, I, don't, I don't know where to start. So her thinking is an obstacle to her doing what she would love. And often it's an obstacle to people being coached or coachable. Thank you. The, the next question is, what's one lesson that being in this career, this field has taught you that you think everyone else should learn at some point in their life? Well, I think it's so important, even if you have a job, to, to realize that your job has you. And that if you're trading time for dollars, that we're in a whole new world of technology. We're in a whole new world of networking. We're in a whole new world of LinkedIn and Facebook and social media. And you need to, as they say, uh, dig your well before you're thirsty. So you need to be thinking, I don't care what you're doing in your life or career. You need to be anticipating that you're going to have five different positions over time. And for some people, that might be as a real estate investor, real estate agent. But you need to be adopted to change. You need to be anticipating and preparing that there's going to be a change like, like the whole COVID thing where you have to work from home and you're going to learn Zoom and that that's going to be the norm and the constant ongoing going forward. And you need to build these network of relationships in advance before you need them. Thank you. Next, next question we have. What's one thing about your field of expertise that almost no one, no one agrees with you about? Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm anti-guru. <laughs> And so Very. The, the one thing I would say is that I see so many new people and they don't know what they're doing and some out of town and they got the flashy 90 minute and they got the, the nice hotel. And you got to think for a moment, that person with all that flash is getting the money from somewhere and they're getting it from you. And then you come in there and they want you to go in debt and get on your credit card, $25,000, $40,000 for this education training. It's going to be so easy and you're going to make it all back. And I just come across these people and I just feel bad for them that don't be so quick to jump into paying a huge amount of money. Go slower. Join your local real estate investor association. Uh, there's the, I mean, there's, you know, YouTube University, but I see so many people that get emotional in their decision making, whether it's buying a house or buying education, and they don't understand basic due diligence. So I think one, peop one thing people would agree with me is due diligence. I think the gurus would not agree. Due diligence on those gurus that want to charge you twenty-five to forty thousand. Ha ha. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thank you. So the next question I pose to you is around productivity, and uh, I would like you to incorporate how, like setting appointments, how important that is. It, it, it might be your actual tip, but let me pose the question: What is your, if you could give one piece of advice, right, about productivity? being more productive in business, what would that advice be? Well, you know, basically when you go to bed at night, it's good to have a plan for the next day. And, it's, you know, I, so many people I see, they start their day with no plan. 
So I recommend before you go to sleep, you want to impress upon your mindset, your unconscious mind, your plan for the next day, the plan for the upcoming week. And so first thing in the morning when I wake up, I've got a little thing I've written down that's called pray, plan, do, review. So, so I take time for prayer and meditation to put myself in the most receptive state. And then I've got a plan, but my plan is both structured and flexible. So I've got certain specific appointments throughout the day, but within those appointments, I've allowed room to be flexible for opportunities. And then along with that, in the morning as I pray and re review every, I review every appointment and I was thought, oh, I got that appointment with Jerome at three o'clock, I better confirm it. And then for whatever reason, I reach out that morning before nine to Jerome to confirm the three o'clock and Jerome says, oh, I'm so, so, I'm so glad, I'm so sorry, I meant to let you know something came up, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Well, if I know before nine o'clock that morning, I can now fill that space and be much more productive than getting there at three o'clock and then finding out, oh, I've got an hour open and I wasn't planning for that. So it's a combination, uh, yeah. Awesome. Go ahead, finish, I cut you off. Well, it's a combination of using your left brain and your right brain, your intuition and your ability to think and structure. So, so if you can be whole brain and use your left and right brain both and, and trust your intuition, trust your gut, but also put things down in writing and have some structure for support, do both is I find people the high, most high productivity. Thank you, sir. And the the next, it's not a question, so it's a statement. Could you tell us about your favorite deal that you got from networking? Favorite real okay. estate deal? Okay, great. There's a lot. It's sort of a little tricky, but um, let me say there's one that was pretty darn good. And what ended up happening is I actually had a lady I was training. And so I was teaching her how to find these people, how to network and everything. So she brought me this gentleman. He'd lived there. They'd refinance the house and it got paid down. This is actually, uh, I want to say 2009, 2010. So people, it's like a similar time we're going into now where people are having trouble getting you know, loans and stuff and the banks were having difficult times. So long story short, because of the referral in to this gentleman and the combination of his circumstance, me bringing, so what I was able to do is bring my experience to her to help her so she benefited, I benefited, he benefited, we all benefited, but I was able to listen to him, ask him questions, leave the first lien in place, it was about 50,000, get him to seller finance $10,000 at 0%, no payments, and then I had a private lender that loaned 15,000, we did a wrap around the first and second, and with that 15,000, I was able to pay the seller 10,000 that he needed to move on, I had 5,000 left for closing costs and minor repairs, and I was able to get into that house, bought it for 70, borrowed 75, and it was worth about 125, and I sold it five years later for about $100,000 more than what I paid for it. See, see, and I, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world, but you went over my head. This is why I try to track you down. We got to get you back so we can get that, that knowledge that you have out, right? So you just mentioned seller finance and you mentioned reps. I would like to have you back so we can talk about those concepts in more detail. However, uh, I would like you to briefly tell us what seller financing is and then tell us what a rep mortgage is. Right. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. So there's many forms of seller financing, but basically what it means is you don't have to go to the bank. So I've done over 300 deals without having to have a job or use my credit or go to the bank. Why? Because there's an existing loan that I took over, it's called subject to the existing loan. I could do a whole day just on that. 
There's another category called lease options. There's another category called straight seller financing where the seller might have the house free and clear and they're financing the house to you like the bank. And so instead of, you know, they're getting the money like the bank would you make the payments to them. So there's various different types and categories of seller and creative financing. And I often combine all of them together. And the specific example I just gave, I brought in private lending as, as well, but I was able to do that transaction using zero of my money and without having to go to the bank. So the market we're coming into now where people are scared, I get excited because this is when this kind of expertise. So I'm out here building relationships with people. So people who find these deals don't know what to do. They bring them to me and we can work together to make money. Awesome. So you define seller financing, but I still would like to hear from you what a rent mortgage is or did I miss yes. it? Yes. Well, that's part two. So part two is uh, a niche that's really profitable right now is where somebody got a loan in the last couple of years at a low interest rate, let's say two, three, four percent. I take that loan over subject to the existing financing. So let's say it's a $200,000 house and the loan is $150,000 and I take over the $150,000 loan. I then sell it for $200,000. But when I do, I get 10, 10% down or $20,000 down. So if I take 200,000 with 10% down, 20,000, that's 180. So there's $180,000 new loan wrapped around the existing first loan. So there's 150, 180, there's a $30,000 spread there and I got $20,000 down. So you leave the existing financing in place at a low interest rate, let's say 3%. I turn around resell at maybe 8%. I might make three to $500 a month in the difference between the two. So the beauty is I can do it without having to rehab without having to be a landlord. And I can do it where I make money now, money every month and money on the back end. And if you just do one a month, 12 of those in the next 12 months, that one thing, you could become financially independent and quit your job. See that, so I, I've been around a while and I still don't understand everything. And I just wanna give uh, some encouragement to the audience. If you don't understand this stuff, it's okay. It's okay to go and leverage, get a mentor or a coach, work with somebody, talk to somebody like Mark. You don't have to understand it all, but it really helps to be aware of these concepts. Thank you for sharing that, Mark. Really appreciate that. You have anything about what I just yeah. said? Yeah. Plus, come hear me speak in Philadelphia in August. Can we talk about when that is? Yeah, we are doing an expo August 27th through August 28th, and Mark will be talking about the importance of mindset in this business, right? What and mindset related to this example. So I'll be there available, answer those questions. Plus I'll be available on breaks and evenings and outside to, you know, build relationships outside my speaking. Awesome. And why don't you share your phone number really quickly? Or sure. That's going to contact you. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. You know. Phone number. And I prefer text. Text is best. It's 832-766-6900. I'll repeat it. 832-766-6997. Just send me a text and let me know that you heard me on this podcast with Jerome and I'll get back to you and we'll set a time to talk. All right. Appreciate that, Mark. So uh, got a couple more questions for you. The right. first one I would like to know is, and, and then we're going to switch. I'm going to ask you the same question again, but very specifically. So what is the worst advice you received in regards to real estate? Well, I'd say the worst advice I've ever received is to wait. Okay. The worst advice I ever received was, well, you know, the market's crashing now and it's not a good time or the market's hot now and it's not a good time. 
any time is a good time if you get the basic right education. It's always a good time to buy, but you need to buy anticipating what if the market goes up? What if the market goes down? If you buy right, then you'll be okay. The biggest mistake I see people make is they get over leveraged. So that's the problem I see people have is they get over leveraged and then the market falls and now they can't afford to keep the property. If you keep the property, real estate is very forgiving in the long term. Awesome. Thank you. So I pose the opposite question. What is the best advice that you've received in regards to real estate? The best advice I've ever received from real estate is if you're a flipper or if you're doing rehab and retail, you're not an investor. The only way you're an investor is when you keep property. And even if you don't like landlording and even if you don't like rehabbing, there's other aspects of real estate you can do. You can be a passive investor. You can be a credit partner. I have people that are very busy, like doctors and professionals that make a good income. And I set them up where I find the property, I rehab the property, I rent the property, I do all the work and they own it and they get the tax benefit. So there's many ways to do real estate without you having to be hands-on. You could be a passive investor. We just bought a 40 unit apartment building. So there's many different ways to get involved with real estate. I also do notes. There's so many different ways. You just got to get educated and talk to people like myself. Of course, there's plenty of people out there like me, but talk to people and hear what they have to say and start looking at some deals. Thank you. In the simplest way possible, right? This is why we got to have you back and touching on those complicated terms that we don't all understand. Uh, in the simplest way possible, tell us what a note is. Okay, great. It's, it's a mortgage note or is a promissory yeah. note? What, what do we yeah. call it? So, so basically, anytime you buy and sell real estate, there's a deed. And a deed is a piece of paper that gets filed at the courthouse that shows an ownership transfer from a grantor to grantee. And again, you can get into all the legal terms and stuff like that, but there's a seller and there's a buyer and the buyer gets a piece of paper called a deed from the seller. Now, oftentimes people don't have the cash. If it's all cash, that's it. There's a deed transfer. If however, there's financing depending on the state because it's state dependent, but there's a note and there's a deed of trust. The note is a piece of paper that's called a promissory note and it's private. It's not public information. The deed of trust, is the security instrument that's filed at the courthouse along with the deed to put the world on notice, specifically when a title company comes and says, oh, there's you know $150,000 debt against this property that needs to be satisfied in order to transfer the ownership free and clear. And so it's very important that you have the right people on your team, an attorney, title company, all the good people to make sure, a good real estate agent, have all the right people on your team to help protect you on the things you don't know. And then what ends up happening is, I buy that debt and often I buy that debt at a discount and I make a higher, like I make over a double digit return. I've often made 20, 25, 50%. I've even made that much for some of my investors who invested in the property. I did all the work. Thank so. you, Mark. Appreciate that. Always appreciate yeah. your knowledge and your input. The next question I have for you, and this is the one, remember we had our conversation about the book chapter. So this is one, give us your best, right? I'm not saying you have mm -hmm. it, but give us your best. And it's going to be just like the one we just asked, the question, the conversation we just had about best advice and worst advice, except this time it's a specific to networking, right? So question number one, what is the worst advice you've heard about networking? Well, the worst advice I've heard is take a bunch of business cards, go to this event, pass out your cards. I mean, it's all about you. So, so making it about you passing out your cards, that's not going to work. That's not going to be good. What I tell people to do instead 
is exchange your card, take a sincere interest. And in some Asian countries, they really take the card and pause and look at the card and study the card and look at you and connect the two together. So the most important thing about networking and business cards and all this, it's all about them. It's not about you. Thank you, Mark. The next questions are not as business specific. These are personal questions that we have. I would like we would like to get to know you personally. So mm -hmm. the first question that I have is tell me about three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. They can be, you know, virtual. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, no, I, I've thought about this a lot. So the very first person I was right out of college. I was very shy, very introverted back in 1980. I moved to Dallas, Texas. I interviewed for a bunch of jobs. I could not maintain eye contact. I stuttered. I had lots of social issues. I couldn't get a corporate job. So I got a job working as a security guard. And somebody said to me, you need to read and study Zig Ziglar. I'm like, Zig Ziglar? What kind of name is that? He's a top motivational speaker at the time. But I got his books, started reading his books. They were pretty good. And then I learned that he had these things called cassette tapes. I started listening to cassette tapes that I, I mean, I got them at the library for free because I'm broke. And, but I'm working 11 o'clock at night till seven o'clock in the morning. And as I'm listening to these tapes at the very end of one of those tapes, it said record live in Dallas, Texas. And I got excited because I was in Dallas, Texas. I thought, well, maybe I could see this person in person. And I, I found out in six weeks, he was doing a live event. I went there next. I know I'm shaking his hand. He happened to mention he had a event. He was speaking at his church, first Baptist downtown. I was there in the front row, all excited. And he said he was having a Christian fellowship at his home. I was within 90 days, not even knowing who Zig Ziglar was, in Zig Ziglar's multi-million dollar home in the Polo Club where, where he wrote his book and everything. So it was just expanded my possibilities that I never thought that I could be in a multi-million dollar home with the home of a millionaire who was this level of fame and success. And that just was life-changing. And then following up with Tony Robbins, a major influence was, uh, excuse me, uh, Zig Ziglar was Tony Robbins, and some people have heard about Tony Robbins and firewalking. I not only walked barefooted across hot coals, it's called fear and the power, as crazy as it is, my broken boards, and you name any kind of thing to overcome your fear, I've done all kinds of different things. And, and Tony Robbins was greatly influenced in that area, and one of Tony Robbins' mentors was Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn's my number one guy. And I, to this day, I say Jim, and it's R-O-H-N, study everything Jim's got. I became a speaker traveling around, uh, speaking like 100 times in 90 days for Jim's event, filling you know, two, 3,000 or more people. But Jim has had the greatest influence. He's a success philosopher, and his information is the best influence anybody could have. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And Jim Rohn is probably my favorite virtual mentor of all time. Next question we have for you, Mark. What is an insult you've received that you are proud of? And we say <laughs> insult with quotes, right? It's all about how we take it. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, early on I started losing my hair. And I can remember I could pull out like a bird nest full of hair when I had a full head of hair and make a little nest you could hold robins in. And so early on when I was much younger, it bothered me. And what I learned to do is just make fun of being bald. And so now my favorite thing to say is, Oh, you know what they say about bald people? And they go, what? They say somebody balding in front is a thinker, balding in back is sexy, and those of us bald all the way across, we just think we're sexy. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, that's a good one. I like that. So, so, so what I learned is take insults with a sense of humor and anticipate whatever they might be, so you can have fun and roll with it. Exactly, it's a life hack. If you, if you, if someone can try to insult you and then not offend you, it's one of the most empowering things. Well, well, not only that, but man, the sexiest man alive was bald, Sean Connery and Telly Savalas. And one of the things I had a coach do that was a dating coach, he said, make a list of all the sexiest men alive who are bald. I go, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Next, the next question is along the same line. What is the best compliment you've ever gotten? The best compliment I've gotten multiple times is that you've really changed my life. You've really made such a difference in my life. I wouldn't be the same person I am today without your help and influence. Thank you so much for changing my life. I've given you that compliment a couple of times too myself. So. Yeah. Well, thank awesome. you. Yep. You're welcome. The next, next we're going to get, you, you know, real estate next, we're going to get to the closing table and then we're going to get out of here. So, uh, well, first, we have a new section. I call it the value add section. And this is this section is so me or someone watching can find a way to add value to you rather than just, hey, can I pick your brain or can I get something from you for free? So the first question I'd pose is how can someone bring or add immediate value to you or your business? Well, let me let me do a brief two parts to that. So number one, I welcome if people want to pick my brain over a delicious steak, better yet, at one of the best steakhouses in town where they bring that meat over and over again. <laughs> so I'm happy to exchange a really delicious meal for some brain picking. <laughs> okay. That's number one. And number two, what was the question again? <laughs> how, how can someone add immediate value to oh, yes. this? Yes, immediate value. Well, there's a couple things. First of all, I'm looking for deals. I mean, I'm looking if somebody knows of a note or a house or apartment. And specifically, I like Texas, but the markets I like are Texas, uh, North Carolina, Florida. I'm open Missouri. There's, you know, states I like. They're mostly in the southeast. And and specifically, I've done very well in small towns where people are turning those away. And uh, also, I'm always looking for people who have money that they'd like to invest money or credit. So I'm, I'm looking for people who are serious about improving their life. And I've also coached some people like I've coached you and I've coached many other people. And so I'm always looking for people that there can be a mutual benefit, whether they're bringing me deal or bringing me money, or I can help teach them on how to bring that to me. Awesome. Next question is very similar, but this time it is how can someone add long-term value to your business? Well, the long-term value, I'd say, for example, you and I have developed a relationship. And so basically not everybody's loyal. And so loyalty is a unique thing. I've got a client named Tony Jerry, I've been his coach now for over 32 years. And one of the things we discuss on a regular basis is why he loves having me as his coach is because I know him so well. And so all these years that I've coached him, he doesn't have to take the time to explain anything because I literally can read his mind because we've been in this relationship for so long. So the, the thing to understand is sales, if you make one sale, you're gonna get paid and have a payday. If you build a relationship, that's how you build wealth. So doing business over and over again, building those relationships, that's the key to long-term wealth, long-term success. Thank you, sir. So now we have, we are to the closing table. So that means we're gonna close this thing out. The, so the question is, what are three books you would recommend to the audience and why? Well, for me personally, the number one book always is the Bible 
because in the Bible, I've had many lessons that have really helped me. And not everybody studies the Bible. I mean, I could quote from it that relates very much to personal development. And then the book that to me goes hand in hand with that is Think and Grow Rich. It's pretty much the number one book that people have read. And so people say, well, isn't there a conflict between Think and Grow Rich and the Bible? I go, not at all, because Napoleon Hill said, whatever the man, uh, the mind, whatever the mind of a man or woman can believe and conceive, you can achieve. And Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. So it's, it's the same thing. So whether it's spiritual or personal development, I like both of those. And then the third one would be the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And I had the good fortune of interviewing Robert Kiyosaki. He's made a huge difference around the world. I'm actually involved with a group. It's a Facebook fan group. We have got about 100,000 members in there. And I'm talking to people in Africa and Asia, South America, all over the world, helping to spread this wisdom and teaching and financial education. Awesome, Mark. And the final question for you, how can listeners find out more about you? Well, for right now, I'd say just text me. I'm working on getting uh, a website up and going and some other programs. And so by the time I'm speaking in August at the event that Jerome has there in Philadelphia, I'm going to have a lot more resources available that I'm working on right now. A lot of my primary focus is foreclosures because I like to then take those foreclosures and convert them to subject two, which is a way to build wealth. But uh, in any case, <clears throat> the best way to reach me is just call that number right there at my chin, 832-766-6997. And at, actually, instead of call, text me. Let me clarify. Text is best. Text me at that number and please add your name. Please add how you heard about me. That was Drones Podcast because all that's helpful because we all get a lot of messages and some of them are robocalls or robotexts. So you give me a little information, I'll get back to you much more quickly. So thank you very much. Awesome. And let me say this publicly, Mark, you have changed my life. You were one of my first coaches. So here we are. We're saying it publicly. I tell you in private all the time. I tell everybody that I know uh, that you have helped change my life, but I'm saying it publicly just so you know, just so you have it recorded or whatever. And uh, with that being said, do you have any final closing statements for us? Yes. Uh, when, you know, Warren Buffett's got a famous quote that's when people are greedy, get scared, and when people are scared, get greedy. So, so many people don't understand the purpose of business or the purpose of real estate or investing and all that. And it's not just about the money. It's about helping people. It's about helping make a difference. And I was just out door knocking and had a guy thanking me for coming by and stopping to talk to him because he didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to get the help. He actually asked if I was an attorney because I was so knowledgeable about different things. I said, no, but we'll help make sure we get you the right attorney. So the most important thing to understand is the time to seize opportunity is now. Don't let external circumstances scare you. Always be ready to take action. You take action and you will be rewarded. Just persist and be consistent in your action. All right, Mark, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you. Finally appreciate tracking you down. It's been a couple of months, but this has been fun. And as stated before, you must come back and explain some of those terms that uh, newer investors or not even newer investors that just these terms we never heard of in the real estate investing space. So I appreciate you, Mark, and I'll see you soon. Great. Thank you very much. See you Absolutely. soon.